Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, uh, July 18th. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We're happy to have you here. If you have a comment or a question for us or for tonight's guest, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm getting ready to turn it over to Miss Denise, and she can greet us as well. Good evening, everyone, and once again, welcome to tonight's show. So happy and excited um, about tonight's guest. Um, So sit back and relax and stay tuned for our guest. But in the meantime, you can join me over on Twitter for a tweet chat. chat. We'll be following along with the show. If you have any questions, you can um, drop them over there on beauty underscore talk. Again, beauty underscore talk. We'll be having a tweet chat. And you can follow the chat by following the hashtag uh, Beauty Talk. I just want to quickly um, also put it out there. Um, you can also email us your questions, and we can get them on the show as well. If you email us at beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com, that's beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. All right. <clears throat> I don't want to hold her up. Any longer, so I'm going to bring our guest on tonight. We are speaking with beauty maven Kiana Stewart. I'm going to bring her on the line. Hello, Hi, Kiana. Hi. How Hi. Are you? How are you? Good. We how are, are you? wonderful. 
I am wonderful, too. I'm literally, I was racing to the airport. I'm like, I have to get to this today. We have got to have this conversation. How are you ladies doing? We're great. We are wonderful. We are wonderful. Well, we we want to just jump right in the conversation. Um, why don't you sure. introduce yourself to our listening audience and uh, give them an idea for those who don't know who you are and um, how you got started in beauty. Wonderful. So I am Kiana Stewart, and I am from Baltimore, Maryland. I own a hair salon where we have put a spa inside of that, and I'm in the process of opening up a new Medi Spa. And I have been in beauty since the time I was 13 years old. My godmother uh, owned a hair salon, and I was one of those children that was just obsessed with myself from a very early age. And I would, since 13, I would go, I would sweep hair and sweep her hair turns into shampooing hair. And, you know, I went to high school where they had a hair a cosmetology program, and I took that program, had my license, a cosmetology license at the age of 17, and I have been in the industry ever since. It's been my only career. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you Do you regret not trying anything else? Honestly, no, because I never feel like I've ever had a job. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That's nice. You know, like, people will be like, do you want to do this? And I've done other types of businesses. Actually, I went to college, and I went to school for business, fresh out of high school. So I did other business things, but beauty is is my business. So I, I actually franchised Metro PCS phone stores. For five and a half years, I fulfilled a contract with them just to learn the business of franchising. So that was like my other thing that I guess I can say that I, I you know, I, I put that mm-hmm. on the menu. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Yeah. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't my thing. You know, like I did it, but <laughs> that was business. Yeah. Nice. Well, nice. So, so obviously, obviously, you must love what you do. Anytime you you feel like you've never had a job, so, I mean, I, I think that's I, a great that's a great yes. fun. I love the industry, honestly, and I'm such a girls' girl. You know what I mean? It's like it's just like mm-hmm. it's a thing for me. It's inside of me, and I just I've never not enjoyed. Any position I play in beauty, I still love it. Like right now with my in transition, I still love it. Like I even love my watching my girls still do their things. So that's exciting for me to see them to just kind of get people pretty and, you know, learn new techniques. I just love the industry, you know, ever-changing. Nice. What inspires you? You know what? I have had so many inspirations along the way. So from – early age it was my great great grandmother so uh, my mm-hmm. family is actually from the south I live in grew up in Baltimore Maryland but my great grandmother she is we still have five generations alive she was like the first person that ever took me to the hair salon and I spent my summers there and she would let me like cornrow her hair and polish her nails and um and she took me to this hair salon and I remember, like, watching the girls shampoo, and I remember her tipping the girls. That was, like, my first little, like, I like this, you know. And then as I got older, mm-hmm. being in the, working in the salon, I just the women who work, I love how they, you know, the way they, they dress, fabulous, you know, and just how they had such influence, you know, how they gave people so much confidence. So I just think really women inspire me, you know, even when I mm-hmm. look at other women. And then my mom, 
you know, my mom gave me my drive. So definitely just all the – I have a lot of strong women in my life, a lot of strong women in my life, and all of them have kind of inspired me to go a little, you know, a little harder just in business, but just the beauty industry. I just love my great-grandmother. She was just every day – full face, like she just was ready, you know, and I'm like, I want to be like that, so that was like my first beauty inspiration for sure. Gotcha. Did you ever think you would own your own salon? You know what's funny? I actually did not want to own my own salon. I was actually a very happy worker being. <laughs> the craziest <laughs> thing, though, so... I never, the salon ownership was never my thing. I had, I was planning on owning other things, but the salon wasn't it. I was always like, I was a good worker, you know, From a, and I worked mm-hmm. in the salon for so young. Like I had my license at 17 and I had a full book at 17. I could clear about 30, 40 people a week out at 17. You know what I mean? And I graduated mm. early. So I was like working, working like a grown woman, working at 17 years old. Um, at 19, I was already, could do six six and a half figures at 19. So I had my career so early in the salons was just so much. I actually enjoyed just doing my clients and letting, you know, paying you your money and going home. What happened was I started a hair extension company, and that became so controversial in other people's salons because at the time no one sold hair. This was like 12 years ago when I first did Goldie Locks. People sold it, but it wasn't like the only big companies like Extension Plus, if you guys know them, or mm-hmm. um, it was like a yep. company in Pennsylvania and Giovanni's in Florida. It wasn't a lot of, it was like that was where you got hair from, right? So um, mm-hmm. I was like, good, I'm, you know, I'm going to sell hair. I'm going to get a hair extension company. And that was, it's not like it wasn't Instagram time. So like 13 years ago, some hair was kind of like still a little foreign. But long story short, I decided that I'm going to just sell hair, and that was going to be my thing. I wanted to actually own a beauty store. I never wanted to own a hair salon. And I was mm-hmm. inside of someone's salon, and I was selling so much hair, and it was like, oh, hell to the no. <laughs> I'm like, this girl getting paid. She got lines wrapped around here. You can't do this here. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll get my own place, you know. <laughs> so I mean, you got to go. Long like, okay, fine. I'll sell it in my own place, and, you know, and that's kind of how that started. <laughs> wow. Well, let, me ask you, let me ask you, because now that was like 12, 13 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, just just being on Instagram and looking at other stylists who sell hair and seeing the pictures where people are wrapped around the building, like you said, why do you think that is such a big thing? Um, I think it's two things. I think it's one, um, social media has the impact where people want to, you can influence them, right? So that's their way of showing mm-hmm. support. You can build a following and you can, you know, really do numbers and you can really show how much support you have and things like that. Um, the second part of it is, I mean, the reality of it is people love your extensions, you know? So I think a part of it is people like what they like and they want to have a lot of support from them and, you know, they grow to like the product. And then from a social media standpoint, and then the second part of it is just just one of those things. Like, I don't know a woman now, you know, now it's wigs, but people wear weaves. That's just a thing, you know. So it's like a part of every day, you know, it's it's just a part of the hair culture in this moment. That's what it is. So I think it's a combination of both of it. I don't think the industry is the same, though, but I think they're making it work, you know. You know, they're making it work for what's happening, you know, today. Right. So – 
position, yeah. You said you don't think the industry is the same. What? How has it changed, oh. in your opinion, since you first started? Well, when I first started, buying hair extensions was like, that was serious business. You know, you couldn't just have any hair you didn't want. You didn't want Brazilian hair. It wasn't Indian. It wasn't it. You know, it was like really right. more like, it was like, it was more like a super it girl type of thing. You know, you could, it was such a rarity. It wasn't on every corner, you know, so people were paying top dollar for hair extensions. And, you know, it really did have to be the best thing. You were paying two, $300 for a bundle. It better not shed. It better not tangle. You know, it was like, it was really a luxury item. I think now hair extensions are kind of really like a store store item just that people just have the ability to sell it. So, like, when I was selling hair, it was really, like, that, you know. But now I feel like you still have your quality products, not to, you know, say, like, there are good products, but it's not to the level of standard that it has to be. It's in mass production now, you know. So it's a little different Mm -hmm. where before it was, like, it wasn't as accessible now. You know, China kind of got in the game. You know, that always changes things. And it's just a different kind of market. I don't think people are as particular anymore, you know when it comes to their hair. Gotcha. 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 Well, let's talk a little bit more about the actual hair and skin because you're also an esthetician, correct? So I am actually a esthetician. So I am. I took my license and extended my hours and got a um, pretty much a aesthetic uh, license to do aesthetics. So I'm actually, that, that's what the practice is. Esthetician is, it's similar, but esthetician is more just a skin focus. My focus is a little bit more um, medical aesthetics, and then I took it a step further. So I'm currently in nursing school. So <clears throat> I'm kind of trying to do like nice. a full-on nursing now. So it's like a full-on transition into a whole new career. So that's been exciting. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, so that brings nice. up a whole lot more questions. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Doing it all. <laughs> Girl, well, you know what it is. When you start your career very early, you have a good career. It's like somebody retiring, they did their 17 years or yeah. 15 years or whatever. So I've had my whole, you know, I've done my career well. So this was naturally like I always just loved skin. I just loved the beauty, the beauty business, you know, looking at faces, mm-hmm. looking at people. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very, very natural transition. And I actually come from a medical family. So all the women in my family are nurses. So it was kind of like when I decided to do this, they were like, whoo, pass the time, finally, finally. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because I was the one that was like, yeah, I'm not doing the nurse thing. I'm going to, you know, do my own thing. And they're like, okay. So it was just, you know, full circle moment. Funny. Wow. <laughs> Where do you find the nurse? You know what? I don't even really know. I honestly... It's so crazy because I'm one of those people where I am like, whatever I like, I just jump in. You know, I figure the the rest of the parts later. But I have had the most amazing clients and supporters because whenever I choose to do stuff, even when I was like a full-time franchise owner, they literally lean with it, rock with it. They're like, okay, this is what she's doing. Look, she's going to work one day, I'm going to (laughs) come. You know, so everybody, (laughs) I have been thoroughly supported the entire time. Like, whatever I do, they're like, okay, this is what she's doing. And we're going to do it with her, and we love her, and we stand beside her. So I'm like, great. <laughs> so it's 
So honestly, my, <laughs> my tribe has made it so easy for me to transition, y'all. I that has been the biggest blessing. They really have. So and and, and if I say it's gonna be these days a week, they're like great and they're so supportive. They're like, go to school. We'll come when you, you know, when you're coming and you doing faces and we'll come. So they really kind of helped me like curate, you know, this whole dream of mine by being so flexible. Right. Nice. So how has um how has the business I mean before you started working on the, the new place, how mm-hmm. has the pandemic changed how has the pandemic changed your business? Well, you know what? So the pandemic was really more personal for me than my business, to be honest. Because when you do a business for a very long time, you have a very solid following, they follow you. You know, I wasn't, for me, it was more so the aha moment of really confirming that I was, you know what I mean? I was already transitioning, mm-hmm. but the pandemic was that moment where I sat back and was like, okay. I really just looked at how much I was working and how many hours I was putting into working and more so, you know, <clears throat> like really giving me a clear vision about what I wanted to do more than my business. It definitely, um, I knew I definitely needed a, a more, um, what it did do, one thing it did do for my business is help me see, okay, I need to try to pivot a little bit more to online business. So I've kind of been perfecting that because I've been such a, I had my brick and mortar for so long that all of my sales were just in store. So I had to be a little bit more flexible with jumping in with my online strategy. But honestly, I was mm-hmm. so blessed that business kind of, when I opened up, it opened up, and we, you know, actually did even better when we opened up. After the pandemic, I felt like people had a little bit more appreciation for what we had to offer, kind of being without us for a little bit. So we've been blessed. Yeah, we have really been blessed. Nice. Now, speaking of um, online, because, you know, of course, online sales were probably out of the roof, you know, once everything shut down. So because you mm-hmm. – you know, you sell the hair. How was the hair extension or, you know, how was that? You you do sell yours online. How was that a part of, I mean, how were the sales, I guess I'm trying to say, um, for yeah, that? Yeah, the sales, the so that's, that's exactly what happened. Because, first of all, it was a hair shortage. Mm-hmm. It was a shortage. And wow. so, I'm sorry, guys, one second. So, because it was, sorry. Um, because it was a shortage of hair, for us, it was kind of great because we did the whole curbside pickup, you know, to kind of get our game mm-hmm. game plan in place. So I feel like curbside pickup because people really feel important. They're like, yes, order my stuff, bring it outside, I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. And then um, so our sales did good because no one could get hair. And my supplier actually was still like, I got you. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So, you know, I didn't initially feel it. Now it's a little different. The hair market for me um, in terms of, like, I have repackaged more so my services now and sell them in a different way. That's what that's one thing I did do. So we repackaged the services now since we've been open, and I sell a lot more higher-ticket services together. We kind of make people buy packages now, which has been a great little pivot for us. But um, initially we did really, really good with sales. But now because of so much happening in India, the market is a little nutty. So we're just trying to navigate mm-hmm. through, through that because they they had a major COVID breakout. So it kind of is like it takes about a month to get here. And if you know what that does to inventory, it definitely changed the game. So that part we're kind of working through now. But initially we didn't, you know, we were kind of riding the wave. 
Yes. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Um, so tell us, you spoke of your services. So tell us a little bit about, okay, your existing location. Tell us a little bit about what you mm-hmm. do there, the services that you offer. And then mm-hmm. once, your new, once your new place opens, tell us how things are going to be over there. Are, are you just going to be in one location or will you have both? So we will be two locations. Um, the salon is my first baby. It's my first project. I actually opened that salon at 24 years old. I was so young. And <laughs> so I was 23, actually turning 24. So, you know, like I said, it was really one of those things where it's like, fine, I can't sell hair. I'm going to make my own place, you know. And I was very kind of mature. So I actually ended up over building like a real establishment just, you know, because I have worked around great people. I have really been nurtured, you know, in the industry. So I was, you know, I was looking back, I'm like, I'm really impressed with even at that age, how much I knew to do in a business. So mm-hmm. we are, we were a weave extension. It only made sense that we were, our specialty was weave extensions. We sold hair extensions. That was the reason how we got there. So weave, weave services was like my, our specialty at the salon still is. Um, so it kind of goes hand to hand. We sell the hair, we provide the hair, we do the weave services. Um, so, but there, right, currently what we did is we have a salon where we do all small services, color cuts, you name it, the full service salon menu. And then we, I built in a uh, aesthetic kind of like suite. So, and I made the front area kind of like a Betty Spa um, salon check, and it's kind of cool. And so I did that. So we actually offer like hydrofacial, and we offer we offer hydrofacial laser hair removal, some peels. So we kind of gradually like bring in our little, you know, soft aesthetics that we wanted to do just to kind of build up the clientele and get a feel for how well people would kind of take to us transitioning into aesthetics. And they really took to that. And that went amazing. So it's great. So now at the new location, it will only be a medical spa. And there we will strictly be just doing spa services. So there we'll still do the hydrofacials, the peels, laser hair removal, skin tightening, body tightening. Um, Botox, there we'll actually do injectables there, and we will be doing IV hydration treatment and weight loss management at the new location. Nice. Now, that hydrofacial, let's talk about that a little bit, because Rachel Thompson did tell us that we had to get that hydrofacial. (laughs) Yes, hydrofacial is a thing. And I'm so, listen, this is a thing. I'm so excited because I bought the hydrofacial pre-pandemic, like I bought my hydrofacial like a year before the pandemic started, and it was so exciting because there were maybe, there were no black girls who owned a hydrofacial in my state mm-hmm. at the time when I bought a hydrofacial device. So it was like, oh, my gosh, black girls own a hydrofacial device. is such a great thing. And now post-pandemic, I see people with hydrofacial device, I'm like, good, this is great. You know what I'm saying? Like it's definitely becoming more and more of a thing because people have gotten deeper into self-care. So, but hydrofacial mm-hmm. is the most amazing, it's the number one requested aesthetic service in the world because it pretty much is a device where it does everything a facial does through a device, and it kind of does an inspection motion where it literally cleans out the pores. It's like getting your teeth clean, but done on your mm-hmm. face. That's, that's just mm-hmm. like, you know how you get teeth clean and you need that deep cleaning? That's what a hydrofacial right. device does for your face, and it literally gives you all the steps of a facial, but to the 10th degree because it's using a suction-powered device. Um, the whole mm-hmm. service is done with the handheld piece, so you never are really touching someone's face. Um, it comes with LED lights, and you can just really 
um, tailor it to specific skincare concerns you need. So it's, it's an amazing skin treatment if you guys haven't had that done yet. Oh, yeah. The next time I'm home in Baltimore, I will be looking at a appointment. <laughs> oh, you better. I didn't even know you came to Baltimore. Yeah, but are you kidding me? Yes, please. Please definitely come here. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> so, so let me tell you about this. Because, oh, so really quickly, let me just ask you about this because this is something I've been wanting to just, just talk to anybody in the beauty industry about. So mm-hmm. years ago when I got my license as an esthetician, it was so hard convincing black women that they really needed to pay attention to skincare. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, mm-hmm. since you started out so young, how was that? Is that, uh, are black women your, you know, your major, you know, the main clientele that you have? Or, I mean, even if they're this, not, this, how, how, this how was it over the good, years? This is a wonderful question. This is the best question <laughs> because I love to talk about this. My hardest plight doing this is convincing black women to pay for these services and get these services. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Because the first thing I thought was like, oh, I own a hair salon. You know, we seeing, I'm seeing people of mom. This is going to be so easy, and they are not my audience. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's so crazy mm-hmm. because I decided to invest in something that I do on the regular. So I, had, I really had to assess, like, wow, you know, I did this thing, and I want to do it for it. So I really think with black women, the whole thing has been education. You have to, the sale for them is education. It's not like, hey, I got this thing, get it. Because they really do, a lot of times will be like, black don't crack. And I'm like, girl, friend. It does. Friend, let's you don't take care of it. Together. <laughs> you are not taking care of the way you think you say. And so when I, so I give them the most humbling experience ever, the hydrofacial. So they can really see what comes out of their face, what comes out of their pores, so they can know, honey. Honey, honey, you needed this mm-hmm. a long time ago. So I feel like it is a, yeah. So I do have a mixed audience because, you know, I have to, you know, sometimes it's so much easier for someone who already has the capability to treat themselves in a regular or familiar with the product. It's a much easier sale. So it's still that little uphill battle, and I find my happy place with that being education with us. So I don't even try to – I say, listen, this is what it can do for you. This is the result. You let me know, okay, <laughs> type of thing. And it's like, oh, wow, you know. So I am, like, you know, I just always try to keep the conversation open in our community. And then I think – because initially that was my biggest frustration when I did it. I'm like, oh, my God, I done invested thousands of dollars in this stuff. And people don't even take care of themselves the way I thought they did, you know. And I was devastated. Right. Why are they getting this? What is wrong with people? Everybody get it later. Like, no, you get that. So, of course, naturally, you have to find your audience. And then, you know, black women, our luxury is our hair. You know what I'm saying? So, right. hair is expensive too now. You got people paying you two, three, four, maybe a thousand, even up to a thousand dollars for for hair. So, it's like, oh, you add that face on there, that could get a little crunch in the budget, right? So, <laughs> I was realizing, like, okay, we got to spread this around. So, it is a tribe for us in that now, and I've learned um, people. I love that the Internet is, and that's the beauty in social media, because now it's like, okay, no, this is very normal. You know, just like getting your body is a, was a thing. Like, who would ever thought it's time where we really don't play about it? Like, we get them bodies done, okay? We find that eight grand. They are getting handled. You know, like one in five yep. women have 
plastic surgery. So it's like the same thing with the face. So I think now it's kind of like catching on and people are like, all right, you can't just do one part. It's the whole thing. So that's been great. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about the location where you're you're going to have this new Medi Spa. Tell me a little bit about why you guys – did you target that area um, for any particular reason? Um huh? Uh, just tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about the new place and when you guys going to open and all that good stuff. Gotcha. So this is a big deal. I kind of act a little like, ha, ha, ha about it, but honestly, truly. So I am going to be the only black female-owned business owner at the moment in Harvard East. So I was very intentional about my location. I was very intentional about being seen. I was very intentional with uh, targeting my ideal audience and I also just wanted people to see how you can really do it too you know like one thing I am I pride myself on is like whatever you do do your best you know like really make your own dreams come true so when I did this project I've done enough business that you know I've been in my place this is my 11 year I'm like if I ever do something again or expand again outside of me franchising I want to do a thing that I'm going to be like wow key you know like so intentional and the crazy part about it is I had fished so long for so many opportunities in like ritzy downtown areas and I remember even Federal Hill was like my first location and uh a white lady was like, oh, we just don't know how you're going to afford a multi-million dollar business in this area. How are you going to do it? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Like, I was literally totally discouraged. And that's how you know God is still amazing. So I never even thought I was going to be down Harbor East. I thought I was going to get a good location, right? So I was, like, going around Harbor East. And I ended up having an agent represent me because I felt like they kept seeing this young black woman. And they like, yeah, right. like, yeah you know type of thing so it was like they wasn't trying to let me in and I'm like I want let me in so my agent I had picked a place that was like a beside Harvey East right still being modest and he was like no I got this spot for you and it was like prime real estate and I'm like you okay you know because I had just been declined in Federal Hill and I'm like this is Federal Hill for Christ's sake are you kidding me so, and I, in my head, I'm an established business owner, and honestly, so he's like, no, we got this. You're going to get this location. I'm like, okay. And, guys, I have, like, a corner unit in Harbor East, and that's kind of, like, unheard of. They are letting us in. So we have two other African-American businesses that just came to Harbor East, but they're both, you know, male owners. Um, they're restaurants, so the fact that I'm bringing this there, we had, it was wide open. There's zero aesthetics in Harbor East. And it was just a no-brainer for me. So it, it nothing but God's plan, and I'm very excited about it. And if anybody wow, that's know, exciting. If anybody it's doesn't so know exciting. the Harvard East area in Baltimore, this is a huge deal. It's big. It's, it's a it's huge a very deal. huge deal. And it's like honestly, like when the when they call me back, I'm like. Oh, yes. Like, it was like, okay, you sure? And it was, listen, y'all, it has been the longest project of my life. And keep in mind, I've done build-out constructions. I told you I've even done T-Mobile franchises. It has literally been the long. This has taken me nine months. But we are expected to open um, that first September, Labor Day weekend. So September 3rd, that is our due date. I'm saying due date at this time because that will be nine whole months since I started this project. So it's literally like birth of a baby. And, yeah. So we are coming. So we're wow. going to be open. We're going to be in Harbor East. Um, 
We have parking. I mean, it's just, when I say the total package of a like a prime location, that's just what it was. It's for me. So very happy about that. Nice. Well, we're happy for you. Congratulations. Um, is there going to be Thank like you. a big, a big grand opening um, celebration? You got to do something big. Oh yeah, it's going to be a whole rollout type of thing, and it's such a <laughs> blessing to be in it. So we are going to have a whole rollout plan, and it's actually we're doing a community grant opening because Harbor East is so saturated. It's going to be we're going to get everybody the details right now. It's like because we're still in the construction mode. You know how that eighth month of pregnancy is if you have children. It's just like oh my god, this baby, come on already. <laughs> so we are like working it out, you know. But it, it's coming. And it's going to be awesome. Nice, nice, nice. And how many people do you have? Um, ha- or do you have a staff of people already, or is this going to be a brand new staff? We have a existing staff that we're taking from the um, medical spa room that works there now, and we're hiring new people. So it's a total of eight new eight members altogether at that location. Okay, so your awesome. so your first your your other location, you're no longer going to have the medical spa piece there. Is that what it is? <laughs> It won't be a medical spot. It'll just be an esthetician room there, so people will be able to get, like, you know, still, like, waxes and lashes and just, like, you know, the, it will bring it down mm-hmm. a little bit. But um, the gotcha. room and everything will still be there. Like, they'll still be able to get a hydrofacial there, so you can go to both locations for that. But, the you know, all of the major services will be shifted to, just to that new location. Gotcha. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Me yeah. too, ladies. Too. <laughs> this is this is really this is really nice. It's it, it's huge. It's a big deal, but it's also needed. Um, oh, I'm glad that a black woman is providing it. Listen, listen. Okay, that is like that's <laughs> the, the 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 best part of it all. It's like honestly, not even just black women. It's just that I'm able to. You know, I'm black. That's the bonus. You know, when you work hard. It's like, you right. know, as we, we want to be seen, you know, we want to be seen. We want to be in the building. We want to be let in. So it's like I get just excited when people be like, oh, wow, she's in Harvard. It's like, you know, just doing that just for people just to know, girl, yes, you can do that too, you know. You know, you can do that. So I, I really hope that it does nothing more than just really inspire people and, you know, make sure that you work hard for stuff. Because I think sometimes the Instagram life makes people forget that, Mhm. Um, that you know, you have to still work hard for stuff, right? You yeah, absolutely. And, and you can get it, and it may take a little longer, but you're gonna get it. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced um, just throughout, you know, your your career as an entrepreneur, like from the first salon, and I mean, you just told us a little bit about trying to obtain this location and some of the challenges, but. What has been some of the challenges that you may have faced just as a young entrepreneur? I think the biggest challenge, I think, as a young entrepreneur is just been learning how to properly do business when I was younger. You know, you think making money is doing business. That is hustling. <laughs> That's what that is. You know, when you're younger, you're making money, you think you're doing business. That is not what business is. So I think, honestly, I have – uh, the biggest challenge for me is just always just learning how to say, okay, we've gotten to this level. How do you get better? So just really, you know, being more intentional, I had to really, 
you know, you go fast young, you just, you, you get, you can be big hitted young, you know, when you're young, you're big hitted, so you do everything, you, you hit all the walls, and at that time, it's okay, so for me, it was just really more so, because I had my career so long, I took it for granted, and I wasn't really always, you know, aware that, you know, you have to do things in a business sense. So my biggest lessons from business is when I learned the franchise, because franchise really kind of squared me away to do business proper, you know. So I was learning that you're not really doing business proper, you know, and I took a major loss in franchise, and I lost, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of money, y'all. <laughs> and that was, like, the first time I learned in business. Well, learned in business that, you know, you have to really be organized as a business owner. You really have to have things set up in a proper way to really do big business because that's how big business gets done. And that moment, that actual loss actually set me up for me to be able to do my Maddie Spa, ironically, and I thought that was like the worst time of my life. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the, the other thing I learned is early on is about dot paperwork. Still another business lesson. I actually, first when I started, I was called Goldilocks Hair, and Goldilocks Hair was actually owned by L'Oreal, and they had it patented. I didn't know that, you know, that was patented. So I had built, like, this big Twitter following, all of this big crazy following, and lo and behold, you cannot do infringement. So it's fine on the Internet because the Internet is free world, but you cannot do that on an actual brick and mortar. So I got sued. Um, for infringement, and I was so young and arrogant, and, you know, I'm like, I'm going to fight for this is mine. So a couple grand later, it was like, sweetheart, you, this is an uphill battle for you. So I changed my name, and that's actually how I became Chase Stewart. I was actually Goldilocks Hair, and that was the first time I learned, you know, just about doing, again, hiring a lawyer, making sure that, you know, all of your documents are, you know, intact and things like that. So most of my lessons have just been, you know, you know, burnt, moving too fast. And so I've learned a lot just over the years as a young entrepreneur. That was my most uphill battle. And it just really taught me how to better pivot too. You know, when you think things are going left, you know, be ahead of things and not behind it. So mostly my lessons have just been about how to be a better business person to be who I am today. Wow. <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting you to say that, you know, with the the name thing and being sued. Um but it you know, it does happen and you mm-hmm. can prove that. Um, you know, and that's something that, you know, as business owners from the very beginning we need to do our research especially when it comes to those names, you know, um, just making sure. Because sometimes you come up with names and you're thinking, I'm the only one who's going to have this. You're not even thinking that somebody, especially a bigger brand, would have a very similar name. Um, So, yeah, so we have to, you know, do our research and just make sure we have everything in line. Um, A lot of times we don't get the attorney and we don't do this and we don't do that because – Maybe we don't want to spend the money or maybe the funds are limited, but we can't skip out on certain things when when starting a business because um, it will cost us the same money and more that we didn't want to spend. Um, so that, that, was, um, that was great information. Do you have any advice you would share with um, a young person who's not necessarily, they don't have to necessarily be young, but just someone who's getting ready to start out in um, the beauty business, particularly with salons and getting ready to, you know, open up their first salon. Do you have any advice you would share with them? 
Yeah, my best advice for any person that wants to do that, I would say take your time and learn and perfect your, your business. I think a lot of times we see people think that business down just is so easily done that you can just be a business owner because you can get a suite, you can put your name on it. Just really taking your time to learn your business, learn your craft. I would say definitely give your time and work with other people for long so you can see how they run their business, so you can know how to run your business. And then from there, you can just start to trust yourself and trust your decisions and believe in yourself. That's really what it takes because a lot of people have good ideas, but the execution part fails. So, you know, old school, old-fashioned hard work and execution. Nice. Nice. What are some of the most important things, I'm going back to the hair and skin now, what are some of the most important things that women should know about caring for their hair and their skin? I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting a little loud in here because I'm in the in midst of a, midst of a wrap-up. I would say when it comes to your skin, you have to treat it like any our skin is our largest organ, and we actually – always forget about it. So people think that your skin is sustainable and it really does require that you take care of your skin like you take care, you know, your you get your health checkups, you get your teeth checkups, you you know, we take care of all those things that we forget about our skin. So I was just say make sure that you check in develop some type of daily routine, even if it's just a basic cleanse, cleanser, exfoliating, sunscreen, those are just the basic um, for your hair, I would say it's just like anything else. You go to the gym for results. Your hair requires the same the same type of discipline, and I think people have gotten away from that a little bit. So making sure that you make time for that. Simple things, trim, sticking to your trim and treatment routines so that you can always just make sure that your hair is in the best state. Nice. Nice. Is there anything else um, that you may not have talked about today um, that you would like to share with our listening audience? You know what? Um, no, I think we have covered a lot of good parts. Um, if anyone is following my story, I just think the biggest thing is just to make sure that um, people just know whatever they want to go after in life. You, you might put some years in, but eventually it all comes together and that's the only testimony that I want to be to people, and I want them to just know that if it's a thing that you believe in, as crazy as it is, even if you're doing a shift, a shift in business, if you're changing, you know, a lot of times people are scared of transitions, and I made this transition at 30 from a career that I was very dedicated to, and it's working out for me. So I just encourage people to go with what feels right for them in their career. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well, we thank you so much. I know um, you have a lot, you know, that you're still involved in right now, so we won't hold you long. But we thank you so much for um, for joining us tonight. We're excited about what you have going on. Can't wait for um, things to jump off and start happening in September. Oh, uh, you know what? Thank you guys so much. This is actually my first interview, and when I got it, and I'm and I seen you guys, and I followed you and read your story. I was just very appreciative that you thought so highly to consider me to have this conversation. So, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, this won't be the last um, on Beauty Talk. <laughs> Not for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So, again, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Thank yes. you so much. You ladies have a wonderful evening. You, you well. too. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We were uh, just speaking with Kiana Stewart of K. Stewart Beauty. She's located in Baltimore, Maryland. She's opening up um, a mini spa in the Harbor East area of Baltimore. She says she's the only black female business in the Harbor East area, and she's one of three black-owned businesses in the Harbor East area. So if you know anything about the Harbor East area, that's a big deal. So I'm so happy to see a black female um, with prime real estate. Um, so very happy for her. And actually what she's bringing to that area is something for not just black women, but for all women and men. Um, so I'm happy about that as well. So we'll continue to follow her journey um, and see what she's uh, doing. But for those who may be in the Baltimore area listening right now, she is opening September 3rd, she said. So, um, Look out for that, and whenever we have information about that, we will definitely share it. Um, but we thank you guys for tuning in. And as always on Monday, as always on Sunday night, there's always an early call on Monday mornings. So we're cutting this a little short, just a little short tonight. Um, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to let everybody know that next week we will be joined by the Bronner Brothers. So if you know anything about the Bronner Brothers hair show, um, anything about Bronner Brothers hair products, if you are a hairstylist and been in, the, been, been in the industry for a long time or even for a short period of time, please consider joining us next Sunday night. And we're going to come on at 7 p.m. instead of 9, but next Sunday night, the 25th at 7 p.m., and we're going to be joined by um, uh, the Bronner Brothers, Bernard and James uh, Bronner. So please join us next Sunday night at 7 p.m. I wanted to put that out there um, now so that um, everybody's aware. But it's 7 p.m., and we'll be posting about it. But just wanted to put that out there. But please, um, please join us. Please bring your questions, and let's have a good show. All right. Tell them where they can follow us. They can follow us on Facebook. Is that the right name of the Facebook? I said it, but it didn't sound right. You can join us on Facebook. We're Beauty Talk Online Radio. And then you can um, join us on Twitter. We're Beauty underscore Talk. And then on Instagram, we're Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media. And then you can join um, Janice and I both on the same platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by our names, uh, Janice Tunnell, J-A-N-I-C-T-U-N-N-E-L-L, and Denise Tunnell, D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. All right. Thank you guys again for joining us um, tonight. Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Talk to you guys next week. Good night. Yes. Good night and have a good week.
This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.